0: Welcome back to So Wait, Pause, the podcast where we pair a good and bad movie and get drunk while we do it. This is Ashley, and I'm with my favorite drinking buddy, Sean. Hey. Hi, it's been a hot minute.
1: Yeah, it's been a little while. We had a lot of busy things going on after we got back into the country. Mm -hmm. We um, had, like, family in town. We had a whole bunch of stuff we had to get done.
0: Yeah, work has been brutal for both of us.
1: Yeah, and particularly the last few weeks, so...
0: So I'm excited to be sitting down doing this.
1: Yeah. Hopefully we'll finally get back into a normal routine.
0: Yeah. You know what I'm not excited about? What? That the heat index was 115 degrees today.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely insane. I actually saw on the way to work, I guess I didn't see, I heard on uh, on NPR, they're talking about there's a push to start naming heat waves, hmm. like the way you name hurricanes. Right, yeah. So their whole... Gist of this was that people will care more if it has a name tied to it Uh rather than just saying, I mean, it's like every day is a fucking heat wave. So, you know, it's the ones that are particularly severe are the ones that would get a name and it would be like a human name, just like hurricanes get. But people are saying like it'd help bring a little bit more awareness to it that this isn't normal because Uh like heat waves are normal, but not like extreme heat waves like we're saying June. Well, yeah, and it's it's early for this type of thing. And then you look at, like, what happened in Seattle last year. Right. That was, like, the sixth worst heat wave ever. Right. Like, I don't think, like, sixth worst in Seattle or Washington or anything. I think it was, like, ever. Because, you know, normally their temperature is, like, 60 to 70 degrees. And then here it is. And they're, like, over 100 for, like, a whole month almost. Like, my friend who was living in Seattle, like, his apartment inside the apartment was over 90 degrees.
0: Right. Well, that was, like, the thing today. Like, I keep our house at a very, very cool temperature at all times, all time of the year. Yeah. Because, fortunately, I thought. But, like, I was noticing, like, I was feeling warm. And I was like, hmm, I'm going to go see. Because, like, sometimes we'll adjust the temperature, like, in the night. like mm-hmm. Like, we'll be cold or something and then, like, forget to turn it back down during the day. Right. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe one of us, like, did that last night. And then I looked and it said, no, still set on 67, like how I like it. But it was 72 in the house.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just can't keep up.
0: Yeah, like this afternoon, um, I'm trying to be better about recognizing that during the work week, I can be very bad about like, just staying in my office. Mm -hmm. And so I had like a five minute break today. And I was like, I'm gonna go step outside with the dog. And like, one, I like couldn't get the dog to like, get up and come with me. And Mm -hmm. then I was like, whatever, I still need to go step outside. I immediately regretted that decision. There's a reason I don't go outside.
1: It's excessively hot. And literally, it says excessively hot. (laughs) I I was at work. I had to go to work today, uh, like actually on campus work. And when I got there, my computer just kept giving off notifications that said excessive heat, stay indoors. (laughs) And then uh, because it's like the built in weather thing with their windows. And then the university uh, sent us emails saying Here's how to prevent like heat stroke and like here are signs of dehydration. <laughs> oh my
0: guys were walking across campus just to get to your office. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're also
1: having like uh new student orientation. So those people are outside. Oh, God. Or at least partially outside, you know, because they tour the campus.
0: Yeah, but good.
1: Yeah. So I mean, they start inside and I'm sure that they like go through some buildings and whatnot. But I, I see them every morning when I w- go to work, you know, because they come in waves. Right. But man, so, so hot out. Right now. I mean, it was 98 degrees most of the day today.
0: Yeah. It was rough.
1: The low is only in like the high 70s. Yeah. So it's not even getting that cold at night. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what I was saying about them naming hurricanes, it's essentially they're saying like, we think of hurricanes as more devastating, but at the end of the day, heat waves are causing more damage.
0: Yeah. We're getting into a disaster uh, podcast territory. Yeah. We should (laughs) stop. We should stop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and we're not even doing, like, a uh, Day After Tomorrow type movie, but...
0: Straight up talking about it. Yeah. But, hey, maybe on theme with this, the movie we are watching tonight is Election.
1: Yeah, a movie I've never seen.
0: I can't believe that.
1: Does it have anything to do with any of these things? No. What just, type of election is it?
0: It's a high school election. Oh, okay. No, I said election because, like, you know, we've somehow politicized the globe being on fire for some reason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh. <laughs>
0: Anyways, what is crazy to me is that for whatever reason, in my brain, this movie was from like 1993. Mm-hmm. It's from 1999. I like cannot separate that one year later, the same Reese Witherspoon was doing *Legally Blonde*.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, I don't I haven't seen this movie, but I went and looked up the uh, MDB page. She looks pretty young in the pictures.
0: I just, it's always in my head. That's I always have it like early nineties, not the very end of the nineties.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So synopsis of what the movie is. So Jim McAllister played by Matthew Broderick, a well-liked high school government teacher can't help but notice that successful student Tracy Flick played by Reese Witherspoon, uh, uses less than ethical tactics to get what she wants. When Tracy runs for school president, Jim feels that he will be a poor influence on the student body and convinces Paul, a dim-witted but popular student-athlete, to run against Tracy. When she becomes aware of Jim's secret involvement in the race, a bitter feud sparked.
1: A feud between the teacher and, yeah. and Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Okay.
0: I haven't watched this movie in so long, but it's like that type of humor that I love that's like very in on the joke, very
1: self-referential little campy. I mean, I haven't even heard of this movie. I mean, I've, I've probably heard of it, but I've just, I've never seen it. Never.
0: This is just blowing my mind. It's just such a classic to me.
1: Yeah. I've never heard anybody really talk about it.
0: I feel like the movie Election is more widely known than like Heathers.
1: I don't know. Heathers is like famous.
0: So was Election.
1: I mean, I'm sure it is, but I'm saying Heathers is like particularly, it's like a cult classic. Right. And right. Made some people famous and like also, it has like quotes that kind of stuck around. Does this have anything like that?
0: Um, I I can't pick what quote from it.
1: You know what I mean? Because like when we watched Heather's, Heather's like had a whole bunch of quotes that like I had heard of without ever having seen the movie. Right, you know, like almost like a Mean Girls. Right. Or like the other night when we watched uh, the other guys, we went back and rewatched that movie with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, really good movie. Holds up. It's, it was
0: definitely way better than I was anticipating it being.
1: Yeah, I mean, I remembered really liking it, and then I haven't seen it in like what twelve years or something. It, yeah. I think it came out in like twenty ten or so. Um, yeah, still really funny. And, I mean, a couple of things are you know dated, but really liked it. But anyway, uh, there's a <laughs> there's like a running joke in it that their boss, um, who's played by Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. that he keeps saying TLC quotes without knowing that he's quoting TLC, right? <laughs> I don't know that that, that came to mind <laughs> and it gets like worse and worse because at first it's like the titles of songs that like you could maybe say in a sentence without knowing mm-hmm. and then it keeps getting worse until it's song like it just pure song like uh, song lyrics or song really, titles. I don't,
0: I don't really know how that antidote ties with what we were talking about. <laughs>
1: You're just looking
0: at me blank faced.
1: <laughs> I did have a connection. You did? I think I was talking about quotes.
0: <laughs> it, those were quotes.
1: Yeah, memorable quotes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Quotes. Okay. I think the word quotes made me think uh, tangentially to a movie where the joke was quotes.
0: Okay. Well, that was a side piece that we went down. Uh huh. Anyways, um, Drink When has drinking rules for this. Okay. Uh, let's see. Okay. Anytime anyone says Flick or you see the name, that's Tracy Flick, is the main character. And, like, you see, like, a ton of, like, campaign stuff. So, like, including when you see her name. Uh-huh. Um, anyone says Metzler or you see the name, that's the guy who's running against her. Okay. Uh, played by uh, Chris Klein. Uh, anyone says election, which we drink to anyways, because we always drink when the movie title is said. Um, someone's destiny is mentioned. Sex happens. And you hear Tracy's angry music. She has like kind of like, it's almost like a, like a angry theme song when she's like getting pissed.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good number of rules.
0: We might see if we can add to them, but.
1: Well, and I'm going to get a shot in the dark on this one because I haven't ever seen it. So my shot in the dark is, uh, you mentioned from the synopsis that Reese Witherspoon's character gets in a feud with Matthew Broderick's character because she learns that he's helping somebody else right. try to win over her. right? So I think that this movie is going to pull the quintessential teacher prank, which is where you either take like their car or their desk and you like do something to it. So like you fill it with shaving cream or you like fill it with balloons or, you know, like something like, Where he, like, opens the door and he's like, ah, those kids. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, the teacher prank.
0: Yeah, that's what we did my, well, did I already talk about the senior prank on the podcast? I don't remember. So, my senior year, there were two senior pranks. Only one of them was I involved in. The first one was we filled up our um, upper school principal's Mm -hmm. uh, office with balloons.
1: Yeah, that's not really, like, a bad prank.
0: Yeah, the second break that was done that I was not involved in was some people in my class took Officer Blue Ball's uh, security uh, golf cart.
1: You have to explain why his name is Officer Blue Ball.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to remember what his real name was now, because we all called him Bo- Officer Blue Ball so much that I don't really know.
1: Was it like Bluebell or...
0: Probably, but it definitely, it, it definitely sounded like Blue Ball.
1: Maybe it was Blue Ball.
0: I don't know, but we all like to his face we called him Officer B. But not to his face, we called him Officer Blue Walls. But he had like a he had like a golf cart that he drove around campus.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um and so some of the people in my class were able to get that and able to put it onto the roof of how? the school. I honestly don't know how they exactly did that.
1: Cuz aren't there like stairs I and mean, maybe there I mean maybe there's an elevator, but no. why would you need an elevator to the roof
0: no there definitely wasn't an elevator i mean they they had to use somebody's like parents something rather like some parents had to be involved
1: in this i just don't know how you'd have to use like a crane (laughs) like a winch (laughs) like i don't know how you would possibly do that without because that's heavy you can't Mm -hmm. carry it
0: yeah if if anybody that i went to high school with is listening to this and you remember how that prank was accomplished hit me up on facebook or something because i'm now very curious as to how it happened
1: Yeah, because you'd think that it might even be too wide to get up a staircase that would go to the roof. And sometimes, you know, it's not even like a staircase. Sometimes, especially in like school buildings, sometimes it's like just a ladder. You know, because you're not really supposed to be up there. So sometimes it's literally just a maintenance ladder because, you know, you just have like the uh, condensing units and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Sometimes, depending Mm -hmm. on like how the school's laid out.
0: I guess we did. I'm trying to think about it because I was like, did we have... An elevator. But I guess we had to because we were a two-story or three-story school. I think there was an elevator that nobody ever used. But It would be like
1: a maintenance elevator.
0: No, I mean, I think it was a pretty normal one. But I don't think the golf cart could have fit in there. Hmm. And even if it did, I don't think that it would have gone to the roof. So I have no clue how this was done.
1: Maybe. It was like up. And they just put a whole bunch of those balloons that you put in the principal's office. They put like a million balloons on the golf cart and then floated it up
0: yeah i don't know
1: wouldn't that be a thing
0: yeah anywho <laughs>
1: well, that's the way worse of the two breaks that one's actually like bordering illegal
0: <laughs> yeah they got in trouble
1: i don't know if it's like straight up illegal but i mean they didn't mm-hmm. steal it but also like i think that maybe they caused some damage getting it up there
0: probably but rich kids what are you gonna do
1: literally nothing obviously <laughs>
0: They did get their uh, senior privileges taken away for like a week.
1: Oh, no. The candy not off campus. Yep. <laughs> for one <laughs> whole week. <laughs> so stupid. So stupid.
0: Anywho. Hey, right, are you ready to go watch us? Yep. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and we're back from watching an election. Do you hate me? No,
1: I, I really liked it. I thought it was a great movie.
0: Are you just saying that?
1: No, I legitimately liked it.
0: Are you just saying that? <laughs>
1: no. like The I, entire I really time,
0: liked... I was like, I think Sean hates this movie.
1: No, I, I, I absolutely did not hate it. There was nothing about it that I hated. This is actually kind of my type of humor in many different ways. Um, I like things that have running jokes throughout the movie, uh, yeah. and this did that. Like? Um, Well, so I don't know if you'd call this a running joke. This is more like one thing that the movie, I don't even know what you call this. One thing that the movie likes to do is take like a phrase or an event and then keep repeating it, but not like in different ways. So for instance, like they'll mention Coke and Pepsi Mm -hmm. and then like that a teacher will open the refrigerator and it'll just be filled with Coke and Pepsi.
0: Yeah, that was the one that I wrote down. So uh, Tracy Flick has a line that she says to her teacher who almost... Why can't I remember his name? What was his name? Matthew Broderick's character? One second. I don't know why I sudden he's the only character. Jim. And she's uh, telling him, she's like, you know, that uh, Coca spends the most money on advertising more than like any other product in the world. And, like, all you ever really see is Coke stuff. And I guess that's mm-hmm. how they stay on top is because they spend so much money. Right. And then the rest of the movie, you only see Pepsi products.
1: Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's, like, that type of stuff. There's another one where they mention, like, apples and oranges. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it, his name was Mr. McAllister. Yeah. When he's trying to, like, kind of work with, what's his name? Paul. Yeah, Paul. Uh, the, like, jock who he's trying mm-hmm. to, like, run against her. Mm-hmm. When he's working with him, he's, like, trying to explain, like, how elections work and or, like, why we need competition in like a democracy. Mm -hmm. Right. So you can't just have a single person getting elected. And he, you know, describes all the stuff with fruit and he doesn't understand any of it. But then later you go into his house and like the bowl is filled with just the exact fruits he was talking about. Right. When he was doing that. So I don't know what you call that. There's probably some word for this, right? Right. I just don't know what that word is. Yeah. But it's not like they repeat the phrase over and over. Mm -hmm. It's just like they have that, thing that keeps coming up in different ways right and there's like a whole lot of other cases where this happens it's not just those two right those are two examples and i I really like that aspect of it me too uh, it's, like, something you can keep an eye out for that makes it a little bit more interesting, As you, if, especially if you're going to rewatch it or something like that. I will say there's a few, like, uncomfortable things about this movie. Um, <laughs> there is a surprising amount of sex in the movie. There's a
0: lot of sex. I mean,
1: from basically every character. I don't think there's a character who doesn't have sex on screen. I think that's correct. Because, uh, I mean, the most troubling of all of it is that Tracy Flick, played by Reese Witherspoon, has sex with her teacher
0: mm-hmm
1: who not mr. McAllister but his a,
0: best friend his
1: best friend who gets fired over having sex with a minor hmm they make it a, okay the way that you find out about it is the most like disturbing part the transition mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not even gonna bring up what, what that transition <laughs> is but the way that you transition into figuring finding that out is uh it's like goes from narration straight into the guy talking right and uh very explicit yeah uh, but so, I mean, you don't necessarily see them having sex, but you, like you definitely see things happening. Yeah. In particular, he when the first time that he like has an affair with her, they're in his like toddler's room with a crib <laughs> and it's it's playing. Uh, oh, what's that song called? Uh, Three Times a Lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so terrible. Uh, it's and it's on like an 80s sound system. Uh, oh, boy. Anyway, so that, that was terrible. But then you have, like, well, Mr. McAllister has sex with a lot of people, um, though, of all different. I don't I don't know if I... I mean, this is like a movie. I don't... I can I guess I can give it away. But, you know, like, you do see him having sex with his wife. He has an affair on his wife with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the times he's having sex with his wife, he's actually fantasizing about Tracy mm-hmm. uh, and fantasizing about the other woman. It's weird. Yeah. There, there's a whole mm-hmm. lot of sex. <laughs> uh, the jock... Uh, has uh-huh. sex with various yeah. people like the whole thing is, is His very sister
0: v- who's a lesbian
1: has sex like with the same person
0: yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> so i don't know that i mean so
0: that drinking <laughs> rule hits very well
1: <laughs> uh yeah i mean there's a lot of it I, I did not expect that much especially just from the premise of this movie i was thinking more along the lines of like a mean girls mm-hmm. and this went straight like rated r yeah so um it, it had to have been rated r right Oh, yeah. Okay, because, I mean, there's, like, a lot of explicit <laughs> things. Anyway, I really like the movie. Um, that was the weirdest part about it. Oh, the other one that kept referring back, because I just thought of one other one, is Morals and Ethics. Because it's, from the very beginning of the movie, Mr. McAllister is teaching, he teaches civics, right? hmm And he's basically, I don't know, he's covering morals versus ethics. And that's when it first shows that he doesn't really like Tracy. Because right. he asks, like, can anybody here explain to me the difference between morals and ethics? And the only person that raises their hand is Tracy. And he's like, anybody? Like, anybody? Because he, like, is definitely trying to ignore her. Right. And then she, like, just blurts it out anyway and, like, and says that. But they keep coming back to the difference between morals and ethics. Mm-hmm. And that becomes, like, something that they say over and over again. Right. Something that he, like, talks about later. It's
0: kind of the entire theme of the movie.
1: Literally, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So my thing is that I'm a huge Reese Witherspoon fan. Uh-huh. But I'm a huge Reese Witherspoon fan and that like I love her as a person. I thoroughly enjoy mm-hmm. following things that she's doing and things like that. Uh-huh. Similar to how I like Hilary Duff. I've always said that, like, and especially in her later years, that Reese Witherspoon is a horrible actress. Mm-hmm. Same about Jennifer Anston. Horrible, horrible actresses. And this, I think this is Reese Witherspoon's best role.
1: She's is really good. I mean
0: She has Excellent comedic timing. Like, it is great.
1: Yeah, it's also probably the only role I've seen her in where she plays, like, kind of like a Midwestern girl. I Like, I don't remember where. They're in, like, Kansas or something, right? Or Nebraska. Or like,
0: Minneapolis or something like that. Uh,
1: maybe it's, yeah. I can, anyway, Midwest. <laughs> yeah. In general. Um, but she kind of has that Midwestern-sounding accent. Mm-hmm. And she talks in, like, short, like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to describe it, but uh, very distinct voice. Normally I feel like she plays like a valley girl or
0: yeah, person or like Lily
1: Blonde. Um, mm-hmm. Southern too. Mm-hmm. I mean like Sweet Home Alabama. She's in that, right?
0: Yeah, and Man in the Moon, which I think might be one of her first movies.
1: Isn't she from the South? Yeah. Okay, so that's why. But it's mm-hmm. like one of those two, mm-hmm. really. And I've never seen her play this type of character before.
0: Mm-hmm. But she was great.
1: Yeah, I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Matthew Broderick, on the other hand, just acts like Matthew Broderick. <laughs> He's not even playing a character.
0: It's basically, it's like Ferris Bueller is... As a teacher. As a teacher now. (laughs) Kind
1: of. He's more disgruntled than uh, Ferris Bueller.
0: Right. The thing about this movie, too, which I seem to really gravitate towards things like this, where everybody's awful, Mm -hmm. except for Paul Metzler. He is an angel.
1: Yeah. So the jock, this is like one of the main times, probably one of the earlier times that The jock is like the good guy. Now, there are aspects of him that like, you know, you could still call out or whatever. But for the most part, he's the only one with good intentions. Right. Like, he's a good person. Right.
0: He doesn't even vote for himself in the election. Right. He thinks it's wrong.
1: Yeah. So like that type of thing. He's just always kind, even though his sister like gets so angry at him and like yells at him, he never really does anything wrong to her.
0: Right. And he's always concerned about her.
1: Right. And, you know, we mentioned that he did have sex with the, mm-hmm. with the girl that his sister was dating but previously, he didn't know. but, yeah, but mm-hmm. he didn't know that they were dating and that ex-girlfriend kind of came onto him as a way of like kind of getting back at his sister. Yep. So like, that's not on him either. Cause he literally didn't know. Right. I don't know. It, the whole thing is just like, I'm really on his side. Now at the beginning I was on Mr. McAllister's side for sure. Um, because at the beginning it's like, you're trying to really choose sides between Mr. McAllister and Tracy. Mm-hmm. Right. But Tracy's hands down the worst person. Mm -hmm. Like she's conniving. She's manipulative. She's just kind of like all around terrible. Mm -hmm. She's like such a like pretentious person that who thinks she's better than everyone else and wants to be better than everyone else. And so you kind of really understand Mr. McAllister. But then like halfway through the movie, then you start to see like his own bullshit and you kind of lose, you know, like. So I don't know. Everyone is awful. (laughs) Right. Except for one person, kind of. But, I mean, beyond that, I think that the movie is still really enjoyable and it doesn't give me the feeling that I normally get with movies with no likable characters. Right. Because this isn't, like, unlikable in the sense that, like, they're completely bad humans that just keep doing things that you really hate. Right. It's a little bit more, like, nuanced or, like, more mixed than that. Right. It's more gray, right, what they're doing and, like... Even like Mr. McAllister's like worst thing that he does to Tracy, which is just rigging the election, which he like just miscounts on purpose by like one vote, right? Right. You know, like would you actually? I mean, maybe you would lose your job over that if you Absolutely. like.
0: Absolutely.
1: I suppose you would. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. <laughs>
1: Well, and I probably shouldn't say that rigging elections <laughs> <It's> <laughs> in, this, that bad. In, in this day and age, literally
0: as the hearings are going on <laughs> as we speak,
1: Okay, the, the election was not rigged. Okay? <laughs> no, that, that's not what I'm trying to say. I'm not saying the U.S. election. I'm saying a high school president that nobody cares about. Would it get to the level? But, of- uh, but,
0: okay, but I would say, argue that a high school president is maybe even more important than our U.S. president. What? (laughs) Because it's a huge thing for, like, college applications and getting scholarships. Okay, actually. (laughs) I mean, it's huge.
1: Okay. We can't argue about what would be worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not arguing what's worse, but I am saying that, like, uh, high school elections are not inconsequential. Like, they have a lot of money tied to them, potentially.
1: Mm, Maybe at your private school. Uh,
0: uh, Especially in a public school. Hmm. Sean, mm. Sean, mm. it's like why we have it in the first
1: place. Yeah, kind of, I don't know. Sean, it, those types of things don't carry the way that they used to, you know, and the problem today too, is that everybody, when they apply, so here's the thing, if you're applying for a regular public state school, you really don't have to have all those things. The When you have to have those things are when you have really competitive universities, right? Yeah. So like Harvard, Yale, Princeton, Uh, Stanford
0: smaller private schools too, like what I went to
1: sure Uh, but anything so but even some liberal arts colleges you know they have 50% admission or something like that so like that's like not not so bad there are some schools you know where it's like 13% admission like 6% admission USC for instance I think was under 20% admission yeah. Um, and that's why we had all those scandals of people bribing their way into USC.
0: Sure. So, but things like that were like things that people were faking <laughs> for those things. Well, right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kind yeah. of. No, they were, they were faking their standardized test scores. But in general, what I'm trying to say is that this has changed a little bit. I think back then that was definitely the case. Cause like if, the more clubs you were in, if you're the president of something, if you like uh, volunteered, all that stuff was like much more impactful. I think the problem today is that everybody has this like, on their resume. You know what I mean? So, like, every time that someone applies to any of those colleges where it's really competitive to get in, 100% of the people who apply have, like, volunteer work. They have, they served on some sure. sort of But when like you don't
0: have it, you're not down a peg.
1: Uh Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Did you run for any student offices?
1: Um, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I participated in other things, like Junior Classical League, which was, like, you know, Latin and, and whatnot. I was, like... I don't remember on some committee for that because we used to go to conferences and things. I didn't really do like student government was pretty small at my school Uh and we didn't have like a huge school. Now in Texas, student government was huge because our school was like 4,000 students. And so if you were like the president of student government there, it was like a huge deal. Uh But it wasn't as competitive at my school in Tennessee because it's like not as many people even cared to be on it. Right. And then it kind of rotated every year. Being president was still not easy because you had to get elected and whatever. And normally there's like one really popular person who ran, like a well-liked popular person who ran and always got it. Yeah. I remember who was our last, my senior year school president. I cannot remember who ran against any of these people.
0: Um, I mean, I didn't run for high school president or office, but I did run for eighth grade student president. And my campaign slogan was, it's okay to be a little flashy vote for Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Did you lose? Yes. Okay. (laughs) To a nerd.
1: Not surprising. He
0: always, like, it's, like, the one person, it would, like, be me and, like, the super popular person, like, battling it out. And then you Uh had the one nerd who was doing nothing. And your teacher would get up there on election day and say the whole thing about, like, this isn't a popularity contest. Like, you should cast your vote for who you think can do the best job. And you know who that job, who can do the best job is me. Because... I am both smart and I was putting in the effort for campaigning, but they always did that little stupid nerd, Kevin Hickman, who did nothing. He did absolutely nothing and got whatever he wanted.
1: You know what? What? You're Tracy Flick. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) You like (laughs) this (laughs) movie?
0: You just talked about how horrible she was.
1: (laughs) No, but I think what we're learning is that you're identifying (laughs) with what you could consider the antagonist of this movie.
0: Everyone's an antagonist in this movie.
1: <laughs> well, and that's true. And and again, you know, you start out, you do kind of feel bad for Tracy later because she did get groomed by a teacher and stuff like that. Though the way that this movie portrays that aspect is not the way we would portray it today. It's yeah. much more of a like she kind of tempted him right. and like it was kind of consensual Even Mm -hmm. though they do address that it can't be consensual. Like, Mr. McAllister says, like, Mm -hmm. there's no such thing as consent. Like, she's a minor. Mm -hmm. So, like, they do still have that, but we wouldn't address it the same way today. It's definitely, like, a weird teacher-student relationship. You know, he says he's in love with her and that that type of stuff. Uh, It still definitely is against it, but it's just not quite as against it, you know, comedically, then, as what we might see today.
0: Right. But you shouldn't call me Tracy Flick. Uh,
1: Yeah, not that aspect of it. (laughs) (laughs) But the aspect of it that she, like, kind of the rant you went on sounds like a rant that, that she would have gone on.
0: But it's all completely justified, and I believe her in that sense.
1: Because isn't that what she said, literally, like, when she lost?
0: I don't... It's I don't like know, something along those something lines. Something along those lines, yeah. Well,
1: maybe that influenced why, maybe, why you got it. Maybe because we just
0: lost it. But seriously, though, it was so frustrating Yeah. that you had worked so hard. I mean, Kevin Hickman didn't even have a campaign slogan. I mm-hmm. I made buttons. <laughs> Just like Tracy Flick.
1: Yeah. Did Ken help you make buttons?
0: No, but he let me use his button machine.
1: Was he not in promotional products yet?
0: He was, so that's the reason he had a button machine.
1: Wait, so he was in promotional products already and he wouldn't make you a promotional product?
0: No, he was. Like, I'm just saying that he let me use his machine to do it.
1: Okay. Well, that works.
0: Yeah. So I used to, on the weekends, have to help him make his promotional products, which Mm -hmm. were uh, photocopy pictures of the beach. That we cut into circles, and then I made buttons out of, and then he sold them at the beach stores. <laughs> well,
1: and you mentioned that when we were watching the movie, because she uses a button machine yeah. when, when she's making her yeah. buttons. Um,
0: I think that the drinking rules for this were spot on.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the
0: only one I would add that wasn't in there is um, drink every time the narrator changes. Because like it's told from like four characters' perspectives.
1: Yeah. Almost everybody gets a narration moment.
0: Yeah. So I think that would be a good drinking rule.
1: Yeah, that would be a good one. And it happens often enough. You Mm -hmm. could drink to it.
0: For drinkability, I'm giving this a 9 out of 10.
1: Uh, I am too. That's what I was going to be at.
0: I think it's like spot on.
1: Yeah. And it's easy to keep track of. There are some times where our rules are not easy to keep track of. Normally, if it's something in the background, we're bad about keeping track of things that happen in the background. Yeah. But yeah, this is a good one. Easy to follow. Fun to drink to. And the movie was fun.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay, so then what are you rating this?
1: So do you want to give your rating first, or me give my rating first?
0: I can give mine. Um, so I have an eighty. Gave this an eighty-nine. This is like top movies for me. I mean, I could almost even push it into the nineties. Mm-hmm. But no, I I really love this movie, and like, I'm so glad that like it held up from what it was in my memory because it has been a while since I watched it.
1: Right. Um. So I. This might be the first time I've ever done this. I'm going to give it a 92. What? I think it's the first time I've ever been higher on your movie than you were.
0: That's crazy.
1: And you've yet to be higher on my movie than I was.
0: <laughs> but, like, I'm not kidding when I said, like, as we are watching this, like, I was, like, feeling guilty thinking you were hating it. No, I I don't I really know why, if you loved it this much, why I thought you were hating it. I really
1: we don't it. know. Because, I mean, I didn't, like laugh out loud all the time but like this also this movie isn't quite a like laugh out loud comedy this isn't like a rolling on the floor laughing right. comedy it's more like a dark comedy yep. that makes the types of jokes that we talked about right so it's like it's not the type of jokes that you are just gonna like split your ribs right but like it's it's still funny mm-hmm. it's comedic in premise you know what i mean like i still really like those types of movies like not yeah. everything has to be like a other guys yeah like what we talked about like, it doesn't yeah. have to be that type of fun right
0: yeah. yeah, this is like the type of funny I prefer.
1: Yeah. I mean, Heather's is the same type of funny as this mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. Uh, but I like this more because nobody annoyed me as much as <laughs> Christian Slater did.
0: That's fair. Okay. Well, I don't even think I announced at the top of the podcast today that what the second movie was. So it's just like, we're getting into it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you
1: mentioned it the last time.
0: I did, but I usually at least say at the beginning what the movies are. Yeah. So... If you think Election was a dark comedy, wait until you watch this one.
1: Okay. Is it even a comedy? Yeah. Okay. It's like a
0: campy comedy. Hmm. Um, it's House of Yes.
1: Another movie I've never seen.
0: Yep. Um, This is one that I love. I feel confident you're going to hate this one, but I am into it. The reason I'm hearing it is because the main character in this one basically believes that she's Jackie O. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you have like the, you know, like with the, the Kennedys run through the theme of this entire movie. And so since we just watched a movie about an election, I felt like I could tie them that way. Right. Um, so this movie has Parker Posey, who I adore, um, Josh Hamilton, Freddie Prince Jr., and Tori Spelling. Um, so the synopsis of this, it came out in 97. Mm -hmm. as a mentally unbalanced young woman who is convinced she is Jackie Kennedy flies into a murderous rage when her brother returns home to reveal he's engaged.
1: Okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's a brief synopsis. It is. So, I guess, uh, get into the drinking rules first before I do my shot in the dark, or should I do my shot in the dark first?
0: No, I can do it. Uh, Finding drinking rules was rough, but um, there was a blog called Time for Drinks Mm -hmm. that had some rules on this. It's the only thing I could find. Okay. So I was excited to find something. So drink when the mother gives a judgmental look. Okay. Um, Leslie is confused, which is Tori Spelling's character. Okay. Jackie makes fun of Leslie. Um, Anyone says Jackie-o. The close relationship between Jackie and Marty is discussed. Um, And anyone makes a comment about what someone else is wearing.
1: Okay. Okay. Um. Well, that synopsis did not say anything <laughs> at all. So, my shot in the dark, not knowing hardly anything about this movie, is going to be okay. So, she thinks that she is Jackie.
0: Uh-huh.
1: I'm gonna say that the brother is going to either think that he's JFK or that she's gonna think he's JFK. So my mind, where I'm going with this, is that she thinks she's Jackie O. This new person comes into her life who's like maybe going to be like uh, like seen as like a competitor of sorts, a
0: Marilyn Monroe, uh,
1: I guess, or something. You know, Mm -hmm. like if she has this really close relationship with her brother and whatever. Like I think that maybe she's going to see them as like a JFK and. Jackie type character, like so. Maybe she's seeing him as as JFK and is going to see that as like competition. Okay. I don't know. I, I don't. Know. I
0: don't know what you just said. Your shot in the dark is.
1: So my my shot in the dark is that his sister, the one who thinks she's, she's Jackie, is going to think that the brother is JFK. Okay. And the reason I think that, which is what I was trying to explain, okay. is because I think she's going to see him as this like male figure who she wants to be close to, but. He's coming back and saying he's getting married. You know what I mean? So she's seeing this as like losing her JFK quote, quote. Right. I don't know. Okay. I have no clue. I don't know anything about this movie. (laughs)
0: Let's go watch the movie so you can have a clue. Okay. (laughs) And we're back from watching The House of Yes. Eh?
1: Yeah, I hated, I hated this movie. <laughs> this is, this is an, an awful movie.
0: Don't say that.
1: I did not find this movie funny. What? I did not think that it was artistic. I did not think that the dialogue was good. I did not think that the acting was good.
0: Well, I wrote down it's subtle humor, incest, and assassinations.
1: Uh, Yeah, okay, so my shot in the dark hit in a way that is bizarre and unsettling. And... Like I guess I can. Nobody's gonna watch this movie, right? <laughs>
0: it's very hard to find.
1: Well, so to give you an idea, it, it's kind of an incestuous relationship, and the synopsis did not. Much. The synopsis did not sell that aspect of it. I thought it was gonna be like a metaphorical, like he's my Johnny and he's being no. stolen. No, it's like he's my Johnny.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like so, Parker Posey and Josh Hamilton's characters are twins. Yeah, who have like a really gross, weird bond. Freddie Prince Jr. plays, like, their older brother, who's a complete weirdo. Yeah. Um, and then the whole thing is, obviously Jackie has, as Sean put it, like, we're in 1940, a screw loose. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and so, you know, like, you're grappling with that to understand that, like, you can tell she's obsessed with him, but, like, does it, you don't know if, like, the feelings are returned. Mm-hmm. But, you have, but we find out that, yes, like, they quite literally were, like, having sex as children.
1: Yeah, and as adults...
0: And yeah, as it was. Um,
1: what a bizarre movie. And to set this up uh, pretty early on, you start to get these weird feelings because they arrive to the house to meet his family. And I guess his dad is dead. Yeah. And it's just the mother, his sister and his brother. Mm-hmm. And when they walk in, the mother's like, oh, you came like, why are you here? So like it's already like this isn't good. Like, don't you care about your sister? And she's right. trying to, like, shoo them out of the house, basically. Right. And then he's like, no, 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 you need to meet my, my fiancé because I'm we're engaged and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then that keeps escalating about the mother getting worse and worse and, like, going directly to the fiancé and being like, you have to get out of here. Right. So, like, he's like, well, why can't we stay? And his mom says, you know why? Mm-hmm. So, like, that was, like, the way it was said like, was a little weird. And then later she's, like, talking to the fiancé, played by Tori Spelling, About, like, how you don't understand the bond that they have. And I wrote this quote down because she says, Jackie's hand was holding Marty's penis when they came out of the womb. (laughs) That is bizarre. (laughs) That is a quote that happens fairly early on in the movie.
0: This movie has so many good quotes. And it only
1: gets... That's the one I wrote down. (laughs) Uh, I didn't... Let me see if I wrote down any other... Um,
0: I wrote down one of my favorite ones I've forgotten about, which was uh, Jackie talking to Leslie mm-hmm. and saying, were you poor? Did you eat chicken pot pie?
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wrote that one down, too. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, no, that was funny. Most things weren't funny, at least to me. There was another one where I can't remember who said it to who. It was, but I think it was Freddie Prince Jr. to Marty or to Tory Spelling, which is Leslie. Le- Leslie. And I think it's like, what has she been doing? And she's like, oh, I've been reading books. And then Freddie Prince Jr. is like, she reads books, assassination books, that type of <laughs> right. like, comment. I don't know. It's she's real crazy. She burnt her hand right before they got there. So she has like this gauze all over her hand. Yeah. You learn that she stabbed Marty in the stomach mm-hmm. when they were kids. Um, then you learn later about their incestuous relationship. I don't know. I mean, this movie is all over the place. I can't really identify what the themes are here. Like, I mean, I know loosely some of the themes, but I don't know, like, what's what's the moral of the story? Like, what point are they trying to make with this? I don't know. Because one problem I have, especially with like Art House, I don't know if you'd call this Art House, but like, this is an independent movie. Yeah, for sure. So one problem I have with indie movies is when they are edgy just to be edgy, but Mm -hmm. not because they're trying to make a point.
0: I suppose. I think the prob- other problem that you also had with this is that this is an adaptation of a stage play, and, like, there are just scenes that obviously, like, were very theatrical in terms of, like... Well, yeah, I mean, they're,
1: like, monologues. Yeah. They're, like, the way they talk to each other is unnatural. Yeah. Kind of like a play, but worse. It's, like, <laughs> the dialogue in this, I don't. I do not understand, and I can't tell, like, is the dialogue bad, and it's just not how people talk to each other? Or is it bad and the acting is bad?
0: We really will not ever say that Parker Posey's acting is bad.
1: Well, I think Parker Posey is the only person whose acting wasn't bad. Okay. Tori Spelling I thought was horrible. Yeah. I thought she was abysmal in yeah, this movie. Of course. There is not one good scene with her. Freddie Prince Jr. is, like, not the worst I've seen him by any means, but he's definitely not good.
0: Right. It's a different type of character than he's ever played.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, normally he's, like, the love interest, mm-hmm. or he's, like, the, the cool guy, guy. Yeah. or he's, like, the frat guy. Yeah. In this one, he is just a weirdo. Right. I would say Parker Posey is the only good actor in this. The mother is okay, and she looked familiar. I looked her up, and she's, like, a French actress that was, like, kind of famous in French film and some independent movies in, like, the 90s and... Or so she was fine. But like, again, it's just like it really struggles with dialogue because to me, this movie does not sound how anybody would have a conversation. Sure. Even if you were someone with like a like a really debilitating mental illness, this is not how the conversation would go.
0: I had forgotten about also one of my favorite quotes that I used to say like all the time mm-hmm. is if people are going to start telling the truth around here, I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that quote.
1: Uh, I mean, there's a couple one-off things like that that are good. And the pot pie one is really funny. I do like that. I, I just like, I don't know. The problem for me is that there were times where I asked myself, is this movie supporting incest? <laughs> like, is this director ever actually coming out against incest? I don't know. Like, there are some moments where you're supposed to be like, oh, this person is kind of like crazy and dangerous. And like, this is not normal. But over time, it's like, it doesn't really do anything to make it seem gross. If anything, it's like kind of sexualized in a way that's not supposed to seem gross.
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it, it's weird. And okay, so just to cut to the chase of this, there is a scene that they keep reenacting where she's dresses up like Jackie and they reenact the assassination scene. hmm Where, like, he sits on a couch and, like, waves the way he was waving when they were driving in the car. Mm -hmm. And then she takes a gun out Mm -hmm. that's supposed to have a blank in it and shoots him in the head. And he slouches over like he's dead and she cradles his head. Mm -hmm. That's, like, one of the most bizarre scenes I've ever seen in a movie. They keep redoing that scene. (laughs) And then at the end of the movie, they do the scene again. And then you just look off screen. It, like, pans off screen and you hear a gunshot. As if she actually carried it through that time, yeah. Because she like won't let him leave, and he like is okay not leaving because he mm-hmm. also has this weird connection with her. Mm-hmm. Again, what is the message? I,
0: that they're crazy.
1: That's not a message.
0: I think it is the message.
1: You have to go deeper.
0: <laughs> I don't think this movie's going deeper.
1: Yeah, it's just like I don't know. It's it's too much for me. I that's what makes me think that maybe it's just trying to be over the top to be over the top.
0: I think that's probably the case.
1: And that's not good cinema, if that's why you're doing something.
0: I mean, tomato, tomato. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I can't really say anything else about this movie. Like, those are the things that I just like about it. Tori Spelling, like I said, was not good. She's, like, way too ditzy.
0: Yeah.
1: And even though she catches on to things and is, like, not necessarily stupid, she just keeps being fooled by everything. And even when she's not fooled anymore, she's like, Oh, we can make this all right. It's okay. You had sex with your sister, like, and then she ends up having sex with his brother uh-huh. in some weird way. Like, there's a the connection between the movies. Everybody <laughs> having sex with everyone. <laughs> yeah. um, but that was a boy. Uh, yeah,
0: I would say in terms of like the drinking rules, I don't think they were great. This is like a movie that I think is a good drinking movie in terms of like it's like like what the f am I watching? Kind of like the room. But it's not really a good one for like rules. Yeah, I gave it a six out of ten for drinkability, so pretty low.
1: Uh, I'm gonna give it a five out of ten because I couldn't hardly even follow what I was watching.
0: Okay, give me your rating so we can move on.
1: I'm gonna give it a twenty-two.
0: Okay, whatever. It's sixty-eight.
1: <laughs> you give it a sixty-eight.
0: Yeah, I love this movie.
1: I'm just saying it's there's not enough there. Okay. And not only is there not enough there, there's a lot of bad things that are there. <laughs> okay. So I, I couldn't keep up with it. I couldn't follow the themes. The dialogue was bad. The acting was bad to me.
0: Okay. Well, thank God. You get to choose a movie next week. Like, what do you want to watch?
1: <laughs> well, to cleanse my palate, oh, no. <laughs> I need to go straight back to some movies that I know I will enjoy. Okay. At least one of them. Because one, <laughs> one of these I've been wanting to watch for a long time. Uh, another one I keep bringing up and haven't yet made a pairing. and But I think this is a good time to pair it.
0: Okay. What is it?
1: So for the good movie, Palette Cleanser, we're going to have Scott Pilgrim. That's a good one. Yeah. It's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, right? That's the full yeah. title. Yeah. But Scott Pilgrim. That's going to be a good movie. I love this movie when it came out. I-, I-, I hope that it's as good as I remember. I remember. remember like one
0: of the movies? Like, I had never seen it when we first started dating. And like, right early in our relationship, you
1: made me watch it. Uh, yeah. It's not like too over the top. I do wonder if it's going to feel a little dated now. Just because it's so set in that direct era, like the Michael
0: Michael Sarah wearing a graphic (laughs)
1: tee era.
0: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean.
1: And so we'll see how I feel about that. But to my knowledge, I still like this movie. Uh, Now to pair it. So in Scott Pilgrim, for those of you who do or do not know, Scott Pilgrim falls in love with a girl who has a series of evil exes. So in order to date her, he has to defeat all of these evil exes. Now, in this second movie, it's going to be like a little bit of a reverse situation. For the bad movie, I'm pairing my super ex-girlfriend.
0: Oh, God.
1: With Uma Thurman and Luke Wilson. Dear Lord. Now, this movie, I think I have seen on TV a while ago, but I don't hardly remember it. Uh, but the premise in that one is that it's like a normal guy Dating a girl who he finds out is a superhero, essentially, then breaks up with her and she starts like terrorizing him. Mm -hmm. So that's like why it's like his super Mm ex-girlfriend. Right. I don't remember hardly anything about that movie. I remember one single scene that was in the trailers, which is where Uma Thurman is flying outside of his like loft window and throws a shark into the window.
0: Oh my God. This, that's, that's like my nightmare of a movie.
1: That is like from the trailer this that I... That's a
0: really mean way to pay me back.
1: <laughs> I think it's a good pairing. and I think that they tie together really well. Yeah, I think well. it ties together pretty well too. Uh, and I think that Scott Pilgrim is going to be a hit. I think we are going to like it.
0: I think so. I mean, I haven't watched it in like 10 years, but I think it's going to be good.
1: Yeah, and that should be easy enough to find drinking roles too. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim's a pretty popular movie. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, this week... That's you me. really knocked it out of the park with the first one. I mean, you've <laughs> never had a movie that I liked more than you.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, that you chose. And, like, all of my movies <laughs> like right. more than you like. <laughs> but n- that's never happened before. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if this is the most discrepant we've been on a movie. I was, like, 40-some-odd points less mm-hmm. than you because you said 68, right? Yeah. Moulin Rouge is probably the one where I was, like, most discrepant from you. Yeah. But, yeah. I okay. mean, oof. I did not like the, I would not watch that movie again. Okay. <laughs>
0: well, you don't have to. At least not right now. You do have to go see the Broadway show, but you don't have to go <sighs> watch the movie. Okay. You'll enjoy the Broadway show. It's all going to be songs you know. Is it better? I, I don't know. I haven't seen it.
1: Wait, the Broadway show of what? Milan rouge but I thought you meant House of Yes.
0: No. Because
1: you said this was a play, adapted from yeah, a play. No,
0: no, no. I meant Milan rouge Okay.
1: I was like, I haven't even heard of this playing anywhere. And then when you mentioned songs, I know songs from this. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, until next time.
1: (sighs) Until next time. (laughs) Bye. Bye.